we're back for another mini-sode here, and this next week, we're going to be reviewing the movie The Suicide Squad? Yes. Not the, Suicide Squad. No, the Suicide the Squad. The Suicide Squad. The 2021 version. Which is supposed to be a billion times better than Suicide Squad, apparently. Yes. That so this is the James Gunn version, um, and essentially, I think they're actually leaning heavier into the original source material and pulling out a lot of those like kind of smaller characters that I think think is really going to help build this film you know jade i feel like with superhero movies we've probably since the year 2000 right oh yeah Um, 2002 been inundated with so many marvel movies and dc movies but also just remakes i mean yeah you know the spider-man i mean here's a great example we're doing the suicide squad suicide squad was only made what four or five years ago, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it wasn't that. that long ago. And, you know, the the Spider-Man series is one that comes to mind for me that's been rebooted now. Yes. What? Are we on our fourth, fifth so this reiteration? Is the third iteration since 2002 with the Tobey Maguire series. Which, by the way, this is... It's so funny because when you think about superhero films, it's all very political within the production companies, right? It's all about studios and who owns the rights to what. Correct? So... The the thing is, is here's how it went down. So we had the Tobey Maguire, right, Spider-Man movies made in 2002. They made three films. Third one probably does, was the worst, like, in terms of, like, audience reception. I'm trying to remember what the third one was. So, so I remember the, the first one, which yes. was kind of the, you know, coming out kind of series of the origin of Spider-Man. Right, yeah. With so Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And that's the, we have Green Goblin in that Green one Goblin, with yes. Willem Dafoe oh, as He's really good in Doctor, that role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we have in the second one is Harry, his friend, becomes the new Green Goblin. And then we also have Doc Ock as Alfred Molina, who actually is going to be coming back to play that role in the new Spider-Man series. Oh, I didn't know that. Same with J.K. Simmons is coming back as Jonah J. Jameson. And then we have in the third film, we have the Sandman. And then uh, we have Venom, which was... Was Eddie Brock was played by Topher That's Grace. Right. Yes, very poor version of that. So <laughs> after that, how do, you, how do you just remember all this? Because like I, I do, mean, <laughs> I, I think I saw all of these in theaters, and I, it's like childhood memory. I mean, because let me say, two thousand circa two. I mean, I was. I guess in high school, and it was a bit. I mean, the original Spider-Man, right, was a big deal because yes. this was one of the first. Marvel blockbusters in in years, like one well, of the first real live action ones. X Men, which was in two thousand, the first oh, X Men. Yeah, film. I kind of forgot. Yeah, that yes. always gets lost on me. But I, I feel like Spider Man, though, well, for, at least for me, like, yeah. kind of kicked off this wave. It really of, did a film that we. It was seen. yeah. This kind of franchise was the first that brought superhero Marvel superheroes back into the film realm, where people mm. were getting excited about it again, and. So they did, we wrapped up that trilogy. And what happened was Sony, who owned the license at the time, was about to lose it. So they had a contract where they had to make films within a certain period of time. And if they didn't, they lost the contract. That is why they created the Andrew Garfield films. So they rebooted it in order to keep their license for the Spider-Man character and created the two Andrew Garfield films, which as we know by the second one, uh, with Jamie Foxx playing Electrode, Bond, and... They ended- I didn't even like the first one, Jade. Like, no. honestly, it just, to yeah. me, it was like... The I- reception was so 
all these seem so the thrown together to be yes, honest which it was because that was exactly it they had to get this film out in a certain period of time to keep the license so it wasn't about creating this like great new franchise it was literally just about keeping this license Ugh. and they intended for this version of spider-man to be the new part of the Avengers series. But Andrew Garfield refused to come back as a Spider-Man. And then we got the Tom Holland. Yes, <laughs> Good absolutely. <laughs> and so then we got the Tom Holland version. And then that is why we have a third iteration of Spider-Man to this day. And it's crazy because it's all depending on licenses and studios. It has nothing to do with creating a fantastic character and fantastic films, you know? Yeah, and you know, I, I think maybe I'm just a little biased because, you know, maybe I was just of a certain age where I really, I was really into those, especially first two movies, you know, oh, with yeah. Tobey Maguire. They, I mean, I, there was all that everyone talked about. There was when it all everyone talked Those oh were God. gigantic films. I mean, yes. I still have a, on one of my playlists from Spider-Man 2, the Vindicated song <laughs> by Dashboard Confessional. That was such a huge song for them. I mean, everyone, it was playing everywhere oh, in the summer of 2004. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everywhere it was like vindicated. Okay. Like you were just like jamming out to that in your car, You're screaming yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, if you were like me, you had your disc man actually in <laughs> oh, connected to your tape deck that went yeah, the into one your that car. Went into your, yeah. You couldn't actually afford a CD player, you know, because you had an old shitty car. At least yep. if you were someone like 98, me, ninety-eight uh, yeah. Ford Escort. <laughs> <laughs> I had an Oldsmobile Sierra. So. <laughs> Oh my god! But you know, and, and I think you know this conversation started off in the right foot because I feel like since that inundation of you know, X-Men and Spider-Man movies that we saw in the early 2000s, we've gotten some what really great and creative films and then also just a lot of fucking trash like yes. just oh, absolute truly. garbage yeah it's and it's that same thing it's half of it is done simply to retain the license and then what happens is it destroys these characters that you love because you're like why are you creating this terrible version when audiences just want to see like what they've grown up either like watching if you watch like early cartoon versions of it or like reading if you actually read the comics but and said they keep hashing out the same material over, over and it, over again until it gets tired or it gets yeah. beaten to death you know I, I think you're right when i go see a superhero movie because prior to these right growing up in the 90s you got a lot of cartoons, right? I mean, yeah. everything oh. from... I mean, Spider-Man is the a WB great example The WB Saturday morning cartoons. Like, that was DC, was yeah. WB. And I mean, that's all I watched. And, and I watched, yeah, I used to watch the Spider-Man cartoon, an X-Men cartoon, and the Justice League cartoons. Like, So being able to see some of these characters in live action, really, for the first time... Was, you know, refreshing. I mean, aside from the only other series I can really think of is in the 90s was, you know, maybe the the Batman series. You had Tim Burton's Batman. Right. You had, you know, what was the other series that I'm trying to think of? Uh, was it, it wasn't all Tim Burton. There was. No, I, I believe Michael Keaton. Yeah, might it was have a Michael been, Keaton. Uh, ba- Val Kilmer, Batman. maybe, but. Oh, yeah, Val Kilmer. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. I think he forgets about that. If, if we're looking at movies kind of post 2000, I mean, first of all, I wanted to, I had forgotten about this because I was going back and looking at IMDb be with the original Spider-Man that that was uh, Sam uh, Raimi. Yes. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, I mean, probably before this, most well known for the, what is it? Uh, not the Walking Dead. I, I just, just left oh, my mind. Evil uh, Dead. Army of yeah, Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah. So I mean, not probably the first person that comes to mind when you think of directing or bringing to life 
a live action right. Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I mean, I, I just love Tommy Maguire in this role. I think that he is still who I think of when I think of Spider-Man. I automatically I think, think of Tommy Maguire. most people, especially our age, you know, he just embodied Peter Parker. He yes. was kind of goofy, uh, a little innocent, but still trying to find his way. And I think like Toby embodied that so well. Not that Tom Holland has done a terrible job, but it's just not... I think he plays it so young. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. Versus I think Tobey Maguire had a little bit more depth to his character in terms of, you know, things that he's dealt with. And and you realize, like, Peter in the comics, yeah, he starts out in high school, but he does come out of high school in the comics and he works for the newspaper. You know, he is an adult. And I think uh, this Tom Holland series makes him just so childish. Um, All in school. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I, I think, especially at the age that I was watching Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, He's in that transitional period, right? right? Like he's coming out of school. Yes. He's trying to join the real world. He's trying to find his place. He has to mm-hmm. go through this whole, you know, uh, ordeal with his uncle being murdered. I mean, he's grappling mm-hmm. with a lot of real life issues that I yeah. think make his character a little relatable, you know, in exactly. some regards. But, you know, one thing before we move on to some of the other movies that I always find frustrating about the Spider Man series, why is it? I have never seen a Mary Jane character that I have liked in any of the series. <laughs> like, Kirsten Dunst, does she do a fine job? Sure. She yeah. has a fine job. I don't like her as a character. I just right. don't. I don't like... I, I can't think of an actress or... Maybe it's not even the actresses. Maybe it's just the way they're written. I think it's... Yes. I was going to say, I think it's the way they keep writing Mary Jane. I think in the comics, Mary Jane is so much stronger and more autonomous. She is her own character outside of Spider-Man in the comics. Mm. You know, she's given more depth, more story, more characterizations. And I think in the films, they just keep writing her as this love interest to Spider-Man. And that's kind of it. And it's a damsel it. in distress, right? Is, like, yeah. she's this very, like, can't do much for myself no. kind of person. I mean, they they try to break Kirsten Dunst's character a little bit out of that in, like, I think it's two. Yeah. But it still ends up, it still reverts back to that, I need Spider-Man to right. continue my life. And, and it's I know like, they're trying eh. to do that with Zendaya as well, but it's just still not hitting that for me. Mm-hmm. And I get it. They're not the superhero. They're not the focus of the story. But at the same time, you know, it's not hard to write a strong female character who is also a love interest. And I feel like she was very throwaway, I think, in a lot of the films. I agree. She was Spider-Man's weakness, essentially. Oh, yeah. No, I I can see that. Yeah, Yeah. that that makes sense. Um, So, I mean, we've already gone over Spider-Man in terms of what (laughs) we liked about it, what we didn't. I think a lot of films follow this same pattern, or at least a lot of superhero movies for me. What's maybe one or two, Jade, that you can think of that you're like, this is it for me. Like, this is fantastic. This is what a superhero movie should be. Yeah, for me, it's definitely this kind of internal battle i think that new kind of movement into showing that superheroes are still human at the end of the day and still struggle with certain you know emotional like things are going through um sometimes it's moral quandaries of like is this for the greater good am i doing the the right thing um i think those always make for strong heroes um and then i also just love the classic villain hero standoff. I I do. I, I think when you have a very strong villain uh, opposite of your hero, that makes for a great story. Like, you know, even thinking about Spider-Man, like the third film, the Sandman and Venom, were neither one of them were 
portrayed strong enough as villains to go up against Spider-Man. I'm like, why are we, why do you have both of them? Pick one and make them the big bad. Instead, they were both so lackluster. And I was like, who, what are they even fighting at this point? What are the stakes here? You know, I want high stakes. I want big battle. And I want there to be some sort of emotional gain from this as well. I can see, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, what I think is exciting about, you know, seeing, again, just to reiterate, seeing some of these newer films is, you know, really as we entered kind of 2000 and beyond, special effects and other leaps in filmmaking made it possible for us to bring these comic books to life, you know? Definitely. Honestly, you know what's funny and update is I never really read a lot of the comic books growing up. I, I've read some since, but most of my knowledge of like X-Men and mm-hmm. Spider-Man and even Superman come from probably the early 90s cartoons. cartoons. Like that's yeah. where I got most Agreed. of my lore from yeah. and my understanding of it. But, and it could be told, right? In a, It made sense in an animation form because yes. they're coming from an already visual medium mm-hmm. into another visual medium that's meant for special effects that was easy enough to do with animation, right. but not always really possible to do in terms of, at least do well in live action. But yeah. with the invention of green screen and I mean, this and is CGI. post- yeah, I mean, because this is right after like the first Spider-Man is post like the Matrix, you know, which right. is just a revolution in it's, If you filmmaking. think about Spider-Man 2, Doc Ock's arms were incredible at the time, you yeah. know, like how else would you make that if it was not practical prior to that, you know? It would have been like, I, I imagine like 1970s, <laughs> like these cardboard arms kind of coming out. Kind of yeah. like, it's like all made of like cut tin that, that you know, this poor prop master had to create, like... <laughs> So let's maybe, let's let's like maybe kind of walk down a few movies that maybe really stood out to us in the last twenty years that mm-hmm. we still kind of go back to as like this is what everything I wanted in a superhero movie. What's maybe one or two that stand out for you? Hmm, I want to say probably. I know you're probably going to mention the same thing. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I think that first one was so great. I think they blended the comedy with the action so well it's a very flawed hero um i mean all of them are flawed heroes right and but at the same time you can tell that they come together for like the greater good of of everyone and that's what i said before like that's what i love to see me hero and i think it was just so fun because this was the perfect time it's space space is really really hard to do right and this time of filming we have all the advances right now to create this like insane set insane props his mask um i mean just really creating the environment of gardens of the galaxy and of course the soundtrack (laughs) i I was gonna say in two i think you know this is 2014 is first gardens of the galaxy and i think too for me gardens of the galaxy was a breath of fresh air because you know, again, kind of starting 2000, 2002, we start just every year we're inundated with what? Two, three, four, five yeah. Marvel or DC movies, it seems like, every single year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get a lot of trash. You know, Spider-Man 3, Iron Man 3. I mean, yeah, all Fantastic of these movies. Four. Fantastic Four. Like, so <laughs> much like 2005. Sometimes now I look at superhero movies and just go, ugh. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy... I mean, first of all, it's James Gunn, who also is directing the uh, Suicide Squad. (laughs) It's such an amazing vision and direction for this movie. The cast is amazing. I mean, we get to see Chris Pratt. I've been following Chris Pratt since his Everwood days. So, I mean, which is forever ago for those of you who remember that series. But, 
you know. And this was such a new role for such him. Such a new role, yeah. Yeah, because he had done Parks and Rec for this, and he was kind of the just schlubby, funny guy, right? Pudgy and little then, guy yeah, and he got in the movie. Ripped for Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and it's the first time you see him as kind of this leading man, right? And I love just the roles that, how this movie is cast. You know, you have Vin Diesel as Groot, <laughs> who all he says is Groot, but he's one of the funniest <laughs> characters. Bradley Cooper is Rocket, which is just perfect oh, for him and his I personality. Mean, yes. I he mean, plays it so well for just a voiceover. And two now, I mean, I feel like he's in everything, but this was really David Batista's first big break, like in a major role, yeah, in a major in film. Something like this big. And he was acting. kind of broke at this point, too. This was like a major moment in his life yeah. where he wasn't quite sure what he was going to do right, at that point. Right, because he was trying to get out of the WWE. He was trying to break into acting. He never did any projects that garnered him a ton of success. And so, yeah, by the time he'd gotten this role, I mean, this was like the big, I would say, real breakout for Dave Batista. Because now looking at roles that he's gotten since then, they're, they're much larger, um, bigger budgets, and he's build a lot higher as well. And I think too the humor in this movie is what makes it so great. I mean we could name you know more and more actors and actresses. Uh, Zoe uh, was it Zeldana? Is that Zeldana. Zeldana? Yeah. I mean hilarious in her role. I mean such a great back and forth with Chris Pratt throughout the movie. Oh yeah. And even but Karen Gillan as Karen Gillan, yeah. uh, Nebula and her back and forth too with Zoe because <laughs> Nebula is so serious all the time. All the time. All the time. And so this kind of like Zoe will often do this kind of like little kind of shit on her a little bit, be sarcastic <laughs> and kind of like egg her a little bit, but like Nebula can't do any back and forth, right? And like that adds to the to the humor <laughs> of it. Well, it's like you said, you already touched on the soundtrack. Soundtrack's amazing in that movie. The the writing is great, and even just the story too. So it's not just the little moments, but the whole the way the story yeah. flows throughout is fantastic. And, and I honestly don't think it misses a beat with Guardians of the Galaxy two. I think it, the story yeah. continues on. I I will say in two, it kind of really pissed me off that he killed his dad and gave up his god power, yeah, especially prior to the Infinity War, where he could have used, really used that. that god power. And I was like, hello. And I mean, I get it. He needed to be taken down, but oh, it still aggravates me. <laughs> you know another one that really stands out? I mean, I could talk about superhero movies uh, in the same vein as Guardians of the Galaxy is Deadpool. Oh, I yeah. mean, Ryan Reynolds is amazing in this, not just because he wrote a great movie about this character that no one really thought could be done. You At that time, they didn't really think that a R-rated superhero movie would actually make any money. Which is so insane to me because Because I'm adults like, are the ones <laughs> buying it. Like, Well, and I'm like, if you're reading the comics, the comics essentially would be rated R as well. So yeah. why do you think that wouldn't translate to film well? Like, it's crazy. And you know what's so smart about it is not only do you get, you know, the lore of the comic book, you know, in Deadpool, you also... Yes make fun of how they make the movie oh, and make God, fun of other yes. superhero movies. Like, just the fact that they could only get two Marvel characters from the X-Men to appear in the film, the low-budget one, he's <laughs> so like, good. yeah, um, basically, we couldn't afford to get anyone else in this movie because they wouldn't give me the budget. Like, yeah. just those little jabs well, are so funny. Yeah, and, and the fact that, like, they, yeah, because they do that quick scene where he's at the house, and then they, like, you see all the X-Men there, <laughs> and they like, close no the door. Here. Yeah, it's so, it's so freaking funny. Oh, my God. And then I even love, to the post credit mm. scenes where he's going around trying to clean up the time 
timeline. <laughs> and it's like, one, he kills the previous version of Deadpool that he also played, which is a separate <laughs> Deadpool character. And he even says, like, cleaning that up. And then he shoots himself, Ryan Reynolds, reading the script for Green Lantern, which yes. is, like, so... Which is also trash. So you know what's funny? I, I still remember when I first heard about Deadpool coming out before I started seeing trailers. And I was like, oh, my God, they're letting Ryan Reynolds do something else. Like, didn't he ruin superhero movies enough with doing Green well, Lantern? Like, Oh, my God. Oh, I thought it was brilliant and almost crazy because I loved Deadpool from way, way, way back when. Sure. And I remember when they were going to introduce him in the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. And I was like, oh, my God, we're getting Deadpool. And I saw it was Ryan Reynolds. And he did such a great job when he was Wade Wilson, right? And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be perfect, right? I was expecting this version of Deadpool. What they showed me in that movie <laughs> When I tell you, I left that theater angered beyond belief. And I was like, that was such a freaking waste of Ryan Reynolds' talent. And I can't believe they wasted that character Deadpool. So when I heard that they were redoing it, Ryan Reynolds was coming back to play that role. I was like, this is perfect. They're going to do it right. He's going to do it right. Because I think he was the perfect pick for Deadpool. And, even, you know, and honestly, too, so speaking of Deadpool, I mean, obviously they had Deadpool Tool, which I think also was fantastic. Same humor. Ryan Reynolds really stepped it up. He got more budget. So it was yeah. fantastic. And we got some more, like, things. lower X-Men characters, yeah. too, that I was excited to see, like Domino. Exactly. No, it was fantastic. So, it, but you know what? I think those series, the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Deadpool series mm-hmm. are the exception when it comes to you know, either sequels or trilogies right. in the Marvel or DC universe. I feel like most of the time, like here's a, here's a great example that comes to mind, Iron Man. The oh. first Iron Man is so yeah, good. That's what kicked it's it amazing. off. It's amazing. Yeah, because it was so well done. People were so excited about it. And then the second and third movies they made. The second one was okay. Like, it, I remember it, going and watching yeah. it in theaters and I was like, it... They set up it's some adequate. things. We got Black Widow, right? Yeah. In that in that movie, they're setting up a couple things about how dangerous Tony Stark's technology could be in the wrong hands, right? You're like, okay, it sets up some things for the Avengers. The third movie, I was talking about this Josh earlier. I don't even remember. I didn't even remember it until I, you started talking about it. Yeah, I blacked it out from my mind. Someone told me one time Iron Man three. I said, "There's not a third Iron Man," <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, there yeah, is." is. <laughs> and when I was doing a rewatch on Disney Plus, I was like, I watched it and I was like, "There's a reason why I blocked this from my brain. This movie never needed to be made ever, ever." Well, you know, in a second series, I'm sure you can think of some too. But I, just thinking about this, I remember Christopher Nolan doing Batman Begins. And Mm -hmm. to me, I still love Batman Begins. And then that was followed up with The Dark Knight. Yeah, which blew it out of the water. Blew it out of the water. I mean, that was one of the few times where the second movie got better. And that was mainly because of Heath Ledger. I mean, Heath Ledger as the Joker... I still get chills. Like, I love to just go back and watch that movie and watch the scenes with him in it because he is so good in every single scene that he's in. He absolutely kills it as the Joker. I think it was the first time we got to see this much darker, much creepier version of the Joker. And I think that was really what set the stage for even that character. Even Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I think, still pulls from Heath Ledger's performance. Like, it it really does. And so, I mean, that one killed me. I I loved it. I I will say, in terms of antiheroes, though, and rated R movies, Venom... I know people don't like Venom. Mm, yeah. I loved Venom. <laughs> really? So and you Tom and like Hardy. three other people. <laughs> so, well, here's the thing is Tom Hardy even came out and spoke about this. The original film was supposed to be rated R. They filmed a lot of other scenes that 
had been had it been in the film would have been r Mm. and tom hardy speaks about how those scenes were like integral to the whole movie overall and because they were cut he said it felt that movie just felt like flat like it was we're trying to like make this for kids and he's like this isn't a kids movie you know and i think let there be carnage will be rated r i am almost positive and i hope that by allowing them to do that they can actually create what i think venom should be because i love venom as a character i think tom hardy did a good job and i liked some of the comedic moments but um i definitely think that that needs to be given a second chance and i really hope the sequel (laughs) is what gives it a second chance maybe it'll be one of those that uh does better than the first, you know? See, see, Venom was one of those movies I never even bothered to watch because... Oh, my God. I, I mean, like, I think I've talked about it. We, I feel like we have superhero fatigue sometimes because there's Truly. so much. And yes. we've been... Di- I, at least myself, I've been disappointed so many times. Right. I mean, finishing off the Batman series, you have, you know, the you had the Dark Knight, which was amazing. You had Batman Begins, which was so good because, again, we already talked about it, but you had these more comical... Batman series in the beginning, yes. like in the early '90s, yeah, that were very much more akin to maybe the cartoons or yeah. something else like that. This was a, a revision. It was like Batman for adults, where yes. you got very much, you got darker, as you said, mm-hmm. and it was more dramatic. But then, then <laughs> we get. Uh, I don't even remember what the title of the movie is. The one with Bane. What? Yeah. I don't either. What I is, just what know it as Batman 3. It's the other Batman. <laughs> I don't understand. I know people that came up to me and said, I love this movie. It's amazing. It's so I, good. You have to watch it. No. I got bored. I actually Same. had to force myself to finish the movie because it just felt like it was like 45 minutes too long. It truly was. It just dragged and dragged. And Tom Hardy was wasted in that too. As, as totally Bane. wasted. Yeah. His character. That, I, I love Tom Hardy. I think he's amazing in pretty much everything that he's in. His talents 100% wasted in that movie. That character was written terribly. Yeah. It just was directed terribly. It was just horrible. I liked this version of Selena Kyle, Catwoman, within Hathaway, but I don't think this was the movie she needed to be in. I even forgot that she was in that movie. Well, right. I even forgot about That's the thing is, why is she? I think that's a great character, but this was not the movie to put her in. No. If if they're going with this storyline. And I even said earlier, too, I didn't like the concept of the, I think her name was Tubula Rasa, whatever, uh, Marion Cotillard's character was um who was in control of bane and sleeping with you know wayne bruce wayne (laughs) (laughs) wayne Wayne, bruce wayne i was like i'm gonna i'm trying to help you out here i don't know what we're talking about (laughs) sorry my brain blanked i was like it's something wayne right bruce wayne but she's in with bruce wayne right and so I just think that they could have done something better with her or with the characters overall or made just Bane the bad guy. I don't know. It fell it fell for me and the, it was just a sad way to wrap up that brilliant trilogy. So And then we get it, punished with I mean I feel like now because we have Avengers, which I enjoyed the first one. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I guess I've enjoyed most of the Avengers series. Some of them right. like uh I don't know. I, what was the last one that we just had? Uh is it Endgame? Well, the Endgame was the end of the Avengers series, like, movies, yes. Okay. So, and I think after that is when they brought the series, and then the first film is going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. So, I think even towards the end of the Avengers series, I got a little bored, where I was just like, oh, great. Well, I was tired. We're, I think everyone it, it was, was tired. tired. It was tired. It just feels like, okay, here's another movie yeah. so that we can spawn five well, other like movies that we're going to have to films watch. films in between, because each superhero had their origin movie, and they had, like, a second and third that was 
outside of the Avengers, and I was like, I can't keep. There's so much. There's going so on. much, and and that's too. I think yeah. again, I think it just comes down to superhero fatigue. Like Ant Man, why do we need two, three? How many Ant Mans do we have now? Th- two movies, They're three doing movies. A third one now, and oh, I was like, God, why? I, I, What's there to tell? No, there's What's nothing. There to talk about? I'm sorry, he's just not strong enough of a superhero for me to have his own film franchise. And he's he's great as a mini uh, character. Yes. mini character in in, and Paul in the is, Avengers. Is great, he's great, but he didn't need his own movies. They could have just added him into the Avengers, 100 without needing his and own played film a, franchise. A small comedic role yep. that we all would have found hilarious, hilarious. and funny and still talking and just about. Accepted. But we now because we have two, now gonna have three movies. Yes. It's like I, I well, didn't even watch it's like, it. He, it's, now we're adding another scientist and it's, now it's about quantum physics and now he creates We get it. You're this, short, like, yeah, all you can things. shrink and do things. Uh, we get it. There's so much going on. <laughs> but you know the, the thing that I really was upset about when Disney purchased Marvel is we lost the Netflix Marvel series. I oh. I will say Iron Fist was one that fell flat for me. I totally forgot it. I I, I was like yeah. I could see the photo and I was like, yeah. what was but it? Jessica Jones and the Punisher were so amazing. The Punisher itself, oh, and then Daredevil was really good too. Which I think this was a great way to bring back Daredevil. You're gonna hate me. I I tried to get into Daredevil a few years ago and I just I couldn't get <laughs> didn't get past three or four episodes. I was just like, eh, like uh, I don't know what it was. I, I couldn't get into it. I loved it. I think it was really good. I think this was a much stronger version than obviously the Ben Affleck one we got in the early two thousands. <laughs> yes. Um God. including I forgot about the that spin-off one too. Electra with Jennifer uh, Gardner. Uh, yes. Um, yes. But yeah, I think these were brilliant ways to kind of refresh these characters that maybe didn't need their own film franchise, but I loved the series and i'm sorry but john bernthal as the punisher freaking killed it this is the best punisher i have seen i love thomas jane as the punisher i thought that was a good movie but this is like this is how i picture (laughs) the punisher is like john bernthal in this series the first uh the first season two was just so incredible and billy barnes oh hello (laughs) yes you know what I do appreciate what Disney is doing with the Marvel Universe that I've enjoyed the most so far is the content they've created for Disney+. Plus. It's been surprising yes. and unexpected. And I mean, it. all of the series are heralded, but WandaVision was one of those for me. Oh, where I just yes. thought, honestly, when I first saw it, it was going to be a throwaway series to just kind of build a, a mini bridge between another Marvel movie. I thought the same thing, too. But that was better than most movies that I've the, seen recently oh in theaters. That whole superhero If you haven't watched that yet, you need to see one. Oh, yeah. 100%. It, it, it's going to win awards. It, it, no it's question. for sure. Well, it's already, win. We already said during our Emmy, you know, talk. It's that been nominated for a bunch nominated. of things. It's going to win something. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it is what I think a lot of what they should have done with some other heroes. Like, it yes. was just so smart and clever and brilliant. And the visuals, the the things that they were referencing, it was just so... It was so smartly uh, done, too. Yeah. Like, it was. I loved it, and, and and you know, I think too. Some of these stories now that Disney Plus has this plat or Disney has this platform of Disney Plus, are better told in this way rather than than making yes. us suffer through another two hour movie. Mm-hmm. Make it a miniseries. Make it interesting. Like the character of Loki. Like yes. Loki, another one was amazing. Yeah. It, was it was a so great good. way to see that character that we never seen him before because he's always had to just be kind of squeezed into squeezed these into roles. the background yeah of all these other heroes and now we finally get to kind of see him and his character and you know i think this is even better if they tried to make a loki movie i don't think it would have been even nearly the series yeah and i think this is really the way to go with these i think kind of not as big characters i think the main avengers 
were great as their own movies. I loved, you know, watching Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, those origin story movies. I think were good. They were fun. They were like Logan. I, yeah. I mean, going. I liked Logan as a, an origin story. I thought that was honestly. I don't think a lot of people talked about that enough. I feel like that got yeah. overlooked. I really enjoyed Logan yeah. as an origin story well, movie. Like, X Men's kind of a unique one that I also wanted to talk about too because it's one of the few that they've continued technically the entire movie series from 2000 is when the very first movie came out. So this is 21 years. I forgot that that was, for me, like these movies start until you said that with Spider-Man and I forgot that X-Men was before that. It was before that. Yeah. Can you believe it? 21 years they've been doing X-Men. And we've had uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine the entire time. So he's been the connecting thread for all these films. But technically, they've been kind of rebooted, right? Each time. Yeah. uh, Redone these characters. But they tried to keep it in the same storyline. So they're like, oh, well, we went back to the past. So we changed the events of the future. So the first three films that we watched, that's no longer accurate because we now changed the timeline, right? And now we have these characters in the past and they're much younger selves like doing things that they wouldn't have done before. And it's so complex (laughs) because they're doing exactly what I said with Spider-Man. They literally have to make these movies to keep the license because they were trying not to sell it to Disney for everything they possibly could until Disney bought the entire studio. (laughs) And I am not... Disney owns everything. (laughs) You can't convince me that they didn't do it just to own the rights to all of the Marvel characters that Fox owned. Oh, of course they did. Of course yeah. they did. Because, I mean, at that point, once they had already bought a certain percentage of them, there was no point in yeah. not having the whole thing. Well, you right. Know? Because I think they own Fantastic Four, too. And so now it's like they had to get Scarlet Witch from them because technically they own Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is an X-Men character. So is Quicksilver, which is why Quicksilver was killed off in the movie he was introduced because they were <laughs> using Quicksilver in Fox. So it's this whole Studio Wars thing that I'm kind of like, we lost a little bit of what I think the potential of X-Men could be because X-Men is so freaking cool. It's one of my favorite superhero franchises. Like, You know, I, that's honestly, though, one of the few, I will say, I think is, you already said it, the exception, but I will literally watch any X-Men movie same. because <laughs> I think even in the reboots, they have been done well. They've stayed true to the story. Yeah. They're directed well. The acting is always, they always have a great cast that wants to be involved with those. They spend the budget on them. And they're interesting, unlike some of the other films that we've seen in other franchises. And they have such a well to draw from because there's so many X-Men heroes, right? Like, you don't have to keep using the same character over and over again. And, you know, they retired Wolverine with Logan, which I thought was smart because now we're focusing on all these other additional characters in X-Men that are finally coming to the forefront. And, um, yeah, I I hope. I think they're going to bring him into the current MCU. And so I hope when they do bring these characters in that they're done well and we actually get to see like these genuine awesome versions that I grew up like watching in the cartoons and reading in the comics that I've been wanting to see for a while now. Well, as you can tell, we're very excited to review our next movie. So yes. stick around <laughs> and tune in on Monday for The Suicide Squad. And you know something we always forget to do in the show, Jade, that uh, we should probably, if we want to become podcasters, do is probably introduce ourselves. So I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And there we go. And this was uh, Minisode number three. So come back for a movie review of The Suicide Squad on Monday. We'll see you then. Stick around. Stick around.